Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's have a chat and yeah. see how things go. Is that cool? No problem. Right, awesome. Yeah. So if you're, can we, should we put some mics on? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. If you're happy to. Yeah, yeah. I'm just Sweet. Ready? Yeah. Right. Jolian, thank you so much for joining me on Headstrong. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man. You? Yeah, man. Really good. I, look, I appreciate you coming to join me. We've set up some FIFA that we're going to play in a bit, which is <laughs> going to be awesome. The reason we've chosen FIFA, or you've chosen FIFA, is because it's something that you used to play a lot when you were playing, right? Yeah, like borderline addictive. Probably really? wasn't even borderline, it was probably just addictive. Yeah, I was, was it like, popular in the dressing room? Yeah, I think it still is now. I think everyone plays and has played to a certain degree. But I was like, I, I get to my attention, you know yeah. what I mean? So like playing and training was my attention and they come home and then... This was my attention. Was it a way to switch off? Because like it's football, it's a game of football still. Yeah. But then I guess if it's not real life, it's a nice way to. Yeah, it was unwind. a switch off in, in different ways. Um, like this is probably the, I probably get more emotional with this, angry, than an actual play yeah. and training and stuff because again, you, you're in control of that side of things where this is like, I know it's a game. I'm shouting at referees and <laughs> yeah, players that I actually know I'm shouting at and stuff like that. So. Yeah, it used to uh, get me angry and to the point of where I had to come upstairs or whatever, I've, I've played, I'd finish. My wife would go, you just lost it, yeah? And I'd be like, yeah. She'd be like, I just tell. <laughs> just tell. I'm just like fuming. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty emotional game. It sounds like it winds you up more than it oh, yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, it lets me vent so I can't vent anywhere else. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So this was like my release. But yeah. if, if I've, if I've had a good weekend or a good series and that, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, it affects my enough. mood. Is there anything else you did to like unwind for your own mental health? Um, unwind. Um, related to training, it would probably be like yoga, uh, mm. Pilates. Um, again, unwind, but I knew they were helping as well. Um, Flexibility-wise, DJ. Yeah. Yeah, DJ. It's funny that because I didn't know, like, I knew I loved it, but I didn't know that they were so... I was going to compare them playing mm. and, and DJing because played in the club, one of my first ones, and uh, I seen the reaction of like the people on the dance floor, and it was like 
Yeah, that's what you do when you play. You, you're in control of someone's emotions because everyone has their mm. songs or a group of songs that take you to a place where you was, a special mm. place where you was a kid or holiday. It's like seeing people react to stuff you're doing. It's like, oh, you're in control of someone's emotions. It's kind of like playing if you make a tackle or score a goal. It's mm. like, yeah, it heightens up. Well, it's like that emotional memory yeah. that you can like link a song to something special that happened. Yeah, it is. Can you remember particular emotions linked with your football, for example, then? My biggest moment would be scoring for England. Mm. But I was probably calm then. Mm. Probably when, because I didn't score that often, I kind of was more aware. Mm. So rather than just get carried away in the moment. So um, stage of the game has an impact as well. The later you score or concede, that definitely affects how you feel Mm. more so. Um, Because again, you're aware there's no time left to to compete. So Mm. the kind of the last minute winner from Sergio is like, yeah, that was everything. That was yeah. like draining. Do you know what I mean? So there's there's probably the same thing has happened multiple times, but again, depending on the time of the game or the situation of the game, mm. it affects your emotions differently. How does it how do you kind of deal with the pressure when you mm. make multi million pound moves to massive clubs, like when you move to Man City for twenty two mil? I mean that's a huge sum of money. And you're there, yes, you're a proven player with you know the skills that you've already developed and your experience at your previous club but then you've got the pressure of the fans the pressure of management on you how do you manage that expectation yeah i kind of simplified my thought process throughout my career whatever it was i just kind of had a simple approach and it was like wow they've bought me for what i've done Mm. they're expecting that and it's just transferring that to the team you're now in yes there's going to be times where you need to do different things, but they, they're not necessarily expecting that. They're expecting the minimum is what, you, what you've already done and you've done it. So why can't you replicate that mm-hmm. in a different kit? Do you know what I mean? So I was just kind of took that thought process of as long as I'm doing this, these things, these are the basics I need to be doing. And if I'm doing that, then there shouldn't be many complaints. There's always going to be complaints because yeah. you're not going to execute every time. But I just kind of was aware of that thought process it's kind of like i got injured early on in my career yeah and um i kind of just had a friend well this is the list of stuff i need to do to get back to where i was before if i get back there and there's no pain then there's no excuse for me not to perform the way i was performing before so Mm. it was just kind of like well that's that step when you get there then you apply that and then that's the next step so it's just kind of simple i mean talking of that injury because you brought it up there you were out for a whole season. Mm. And that was when your club got promoted to the Premiership and you weren't able to play a single game that mm-hmm. whole season. What's that like watching your friends and your colleagues out on that pitch? I know that you got relegated again, but like you weren't able to be mm. out there. What's that feeling like of being excluded, but out of your power? But again, they, I was, I'm aware of that. It was out of my power. Like okay. I, I was, I'd been injured. I'd never been injured before, so I didn't know how that was going to feel. I'd never mm. played in the Premier League before, so I wasn't aware of what I was missing. It was kind of like I'm missing football. So the hurt was just not being able to train and play. In that year, I had my um, my oldest son. Mm. So again, it was there was different focuses, um, and I had to get fit. So it was mm. enough for me to concentrate on anyway. But yeah, it wasn't kind of like oh, I'm missing the Premier League. There was a couple of games where where it was like oh, we're playing Arsenal. It was mm. um, like Burkamp and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some legends of the game there. Yeah. Um, but it was probably the following season when I got fit and we played Arsenal in the FA Cup at Highbury. Um, 
and it's Henri and stuff and then I, we lost 2-0 but I realised oh there, this would have been fun yeah, like playing true. against these level of players every week and you, the scrutiny is different like you know what I mean the kind yeah. of it's a good pressure. It's what you play for. So you kind of thrive off that yeah. like high pressure scenario. Yeah, you enjoy it. You've got to enjoy it. Because well, you have that's to, what, otherwise, yeah, it's, what's can, the point? Yeah, exactly that. And that's what you've been working hard for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what about playing with like those massive players? Like when you move to City, you're playing with some of the biggest players. And then when you play, for example, Man United and you're in that derby, like that is a pinch yourself moment, something you dream of as a kid. Yeah. And then you're playing these these players that are so incredible. Obviously, you're on the same level as well, but it's just such a surreal moment. Yeah, it's different. I think what I try to explain to, to people, and especially fans of football, it's like players are fans. They're just mm. lucky enough to have made it, basically. Mm. That's my view on it. It's kind of like, well, we all want to make it when we're young and no one's aware of... It's a little bit different now. You're probably more aware of what's at stake and what you can achieve because it's again it's documented a lot differently um now but growing up it was just like i just want to play i just want to play football i just want to wear a football kit on a saturday afternoon and it's that simple and then you get to a level it's like well you've done that now so what's kind of not next but where's it changed to where's it moved to and it's like well now you can achieve this and now you can achieve that so as long as you find the formula that potentially allows you to achieve them things mm. as long as I've done them whether yeah. I achieved them or not wasn't wasn't the goal it was the process of well you know what's required you're going to have to sacrifice or make these decisions based on this to get to this level and if you do do that and you don't quite make it then your talent wasn't enough which is okay <laughs> do you think to get to that top level then there is a lot of sacrifice involved I use the word sacrifice then, and I, and as I said, I, I never, never normally use it. I, I always say I, I never made one sacrifice. Mm. I, I made choices because yeah. when people say, "Well, did you have friends and stuff that kind of distractions?" It was like, "Well, my friends never put me under pressure to do anything that they thought was going to hinder my career." Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, "Well, they're going out and I'm going training." It was like, "Well, I don't want to do that." So I wasn't sacrificing going out with friends because yeah. I didn't want to do. I wanted to go to training. And I knew if I went out, it was going to impact me the next day. So it wasn't a sacrifice. It was just a choice. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a choice because I wanted to do that way more than I wanted to do that. And again, going back to distractions and motivations, I kind of think, well, there's no good distractions and there's no bad motivations, <laughs> yeah. is there? For you sure. know what I mean? For it's sure. kind of like whatever gets the best out of yourself, then use it to, to do that. Like when people talk about fame, money, cars, if that is your motivation, if you want to earn the most money, drive the best car, mm. but it gets the best out of you. Why, why can't it be used? Yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, speaking of the derby, should we dive in? Yeah. All right. Let's go. I mean, I was, I was saying to you earlier, I have not played FIFA in my life. Ever. Ever. So this is going to be wow. interesting. Because now you're in the England coaching setup, right? Yeah. And how's um, that? Yeah, it's good. Really good. I never thought I would want to coach, should I say, but yeah. the enjoyment I get from it, I, I, it surprised me. I'm not going to lie. Because you're working with the under 21, yeah, so it's quite nice yeah. to work with kind of the up and coming. Oh yeah, that, yeah. Kids I was, of the I was group. lucky enough to have a kind of mentor or someone I, I knew wanted to, for me to do well mm. um, growing up. So to kind of have that is is important. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you know that person's played as well. Right. Are you watching? Best of luck. Good luck. <laughs> I need it. Uh, well, let's shoot. Oh wow. <laughs> Is that hustling me, are you? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is circle. Circle. <laughs> I'm not shooting from here. I will be. So what's that like atmosphere in the dressing room like? Because there's a lot of camaraderie in terms of football mm. and there's a lot that we don't get to see. So what's that? Because you train together all the time. You eat together when you're at the yeah. training ground. What's that look like? Uh, depends again. It's like you said, you spend most of the time, you spend more time with these people then. Oh, that's not a surprise. There is it, Harland. Serious? Um, you spend more time with these guys than you do your family. Really? You know I mean, yeah. You, Hotel every night before game. Yeah. Just two, three games. Does it get week. lonely as a professional footballer? It can be. It can be, but I was lucky, man. I was I was got a lot of friends now that of lifetime friends mm. like that I've played with and so I was kinda of lucky in that aspect. But yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not all glamour. You yeah, know what I mean? You sure. see it all and there's a lot of times where it's it's harder than what it appears to be. <laughs> I was trying to cross it. I'm actually trying to work out what to do. It wasn't that. Hey. <laughs> Go on, Jack. So in terms of then that mental health setup in football when you were playing, what, what did that look like? Did it, did it like exist? Anything? No. Was it talked about at all? No way. But again, I don't know if that's a, um, a bad thing. So when I first moved to Everton, yeah. obviously I was coming from Birmingham, uh, coming from Wolves, but living in Birmingham home. And... Uh, Oh, good save. And, um, like, I wasn't aware of what homesick was going to feel like. Mm. So I'd moved up to Manchester and it was like, ooh. Yeah. I can't just pop round to mum's and, and so do what, that. So did you have to find, like, your close circle or, like, I had feel like lot. you had to accelerate your... I had uh, I had friends and stuff. And I was, my, my friends group is still the same. Like, as I said, it's added in, uh, due to players you've played with and you stay in contact, but... Like I still got my same group of friends that I grew up with, so that was not wasn't an issue. But there wasn't a round. Obviously, everyone's got their own thing going on. And this was a big help. Yeah. Because when I moved up, it was the first year you could go online. Oh, really? Yeah. So you could so, just play your pals from yeah, home, get the headset on. Yeah, and just literally stay in contact with them. So that was a massive yeah. thing. Um, but at the time, I was like, oh, like this is really tough, really tough. So. Um, I was so no bad at I was so bad. But no one was talking about mental health. It was just, you're kind of soft. You know what I mean? It it's interesting like, now, though, you... when you are now aware of mental health, oh, do you yeah. think that, you know, there were moments where you were like, that's what you were yeah. experiencing, no, but no, now no, you yeah. reflect on it, you're like... Ah. Potentially. But again, I, I put it down to, like, sometimes if you're unaware of it, you can't then use it as an excuse. I'm mm. not saying it is or it shouldn't be, but it was kind of like, well, just get on with it then. Yeah, sure. And it kind of made me stronger in a way. So if I was aware of it as a thing, all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, that is a real thing. So it is an added worry. Yeah, for sure. And in terms of that kind of dressing room vibe, obviously everyone is friends in that dressing room. I'd like to think anyway. Uh, no, you oh, say really? that. I'm not saying I'm not, I haven't got any stories that really weren't the case, but but does there's a lot like, like anyone a... at work. Does everyone work with someone? Mm, true. You know what I mean. So yeah. it's kind of like just because you play and it's football, and, yeah. I, and I get that people assume that's the case because most fans are going to watch as a hobby, so they, they're going with with their friends, so they associate it with that. Yeah. But that isn't always the case. You know what I mean? It's like if you've had a fallout with someone a season or months before, you don't get time to repair that. Yeah. Two years later, you're playing with that person. There's, there's still a bit of needle. 
still needs to be addressed. So is there is there the equivalent of like an HR department? As the manager, is it, depending on the manager, does you get called in like right, boys, you need to sort this out? Depends. I see. See, the captains would do that. The oh captains, really? Yeah. Because you had Vincent Company, didn't you? Yeah. Because you had a formidable partnership in the middle yeah. with him at City. Yeah. And I've heard I've heard he was a phenomenal captain and leader. It's funny, yeah, because. He's, he's, and I could see that Vinny's what, three, four years, maybe a bit more younger than me. So I, I, listen, when I went to City and he was 23, 24, I was aware he was a leader, 100%. Mm. But the captain that Vinny was at the end wasn't the captain that was there when I was arrived. Vinny mm. wasn't even the captain. Carlos Tevez was the captain. What? Tolo Torre was the captain. And before that as well, it was like Stephen Ireland. Yeah, but that was before. So yeah. like, We'd signed Colo Torre from Arsenal, who's part of the Invincibles. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So then we, and we had Gareth Barry, who was coming from Aston Villa, who was a captain for Aston Villa for so many years. Maldi Young had played in the World Cup final. Um, Patrick Vieira came. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So we had leaders. So like, in, in the greatest respect to, to what Vinny become, like they would have moulded him yeah. more than him needed to lead us mm. as a group then because like, we were ready. We were ready to be that. And our age was was pretty mature, should I say, mm. our average age of that team. And uh, like I said, yeah. it was coming from a place where people had established at their teams. You're not bad considering you've never played. Like, I just, uh, I've got that vision, you know. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, you, you pressed the wrong button. We're just playing for the half time, you know. Oh, cool. me... <laughs> one nil down I'm going to I might put it on my CV <laughs> so in that dressing room then though there's that competitive atmosphere as well yeah. especially when it comes to like flashy stuff I've got to say surely was, nope. it, when you, was there not that competitive nah, atmosphere because but everyone you, can you were there Balotelli was there right yeah 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 I mean you everyone... must have a million stories about that moment. about Mario yeah I mean did he ever come in and go you'll never guess what I did this weekend no 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 because we probably guessed you were probably, probably documented it's probably documented in the in the paper. Yeah, um, true that. But no, in regards to, to Mario, what was what was probably not realised with Mario is that he was 20, 21. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, when you're twenty one, you let your hair down. What? Right? You should be able to. Yeah. Like, and he was coming from a foreign country. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was just like and and that was probably the start of when like a prof, high profile player mm. like couldn't go anywhere. You know what mm. I mean? Like again, like we had Yaya, David Silva. Sergio, but Mario was, he demanded all the attention. Mm. So you know what I mean? So it was kind of just, it, it just had that, it's kind of like now it's with Jack Grealish and yeah. Haaland and Foden and um, Kevin De Bruyne, like Jack, for whatever reason, he's got that attention, hasn't he? And that's kind of what Mario had, so it, it's different. Do you think it's difficult then for footballers, from a mental health perspective, to manage that? spotlight and pressure especially from a young age as well because you, as you say look at Jack Grealish since the Euros mm. he went massive and then all of a sudden he went back to club football and he was getting booed yeah, yeah. From, by English fans and for one summer he was the English hero oh yeah and yeah, it's as soon just as he how, do you, city, how do you manage that yeah as soon as he went to City it was kind of like well now we can't like him anymore it's yeah. kind of like well we've got to boo him I was like I don't, I don't, I don't understand it but it's what comes with it you, you, you got, players are aware that, that's going to happen, but in, in terms of how you deal with it, everyone's different, aren't they? Do the, do the teams have, obviously, the press people at the club to help you 
manage the press? Yeah, the press people. Um, there's, there's there's loads of support there now. Yeah. Um, that there if you want it. But again, it's it's still an environment where potentially deemed weak if you are having it. Is it still? Yeah, so there's not, still not as much stigma. Yeah, it's not as much. Nowhere near. Why as do you much. think that is? I don't because know. I, I look at a sport like rugby. And I know that because I've worked with a charity called Restart Rugby and they, mm. they've set up like a, a hotline for rugby players to call it anonymously who are really struggling with their mental health. And I think rugby started to break down the stigma. So I'm wondering why you think football is still got that stigma behind it with regarding mental health. I don't know why. I just know. I just believe it has. Mm. Again, it's just it's definitely breaking down yeah. the barrier of it. And it's not as. But the, the generation I came into, there's no way you could have mm. suggested there were things. There's no way. It, it just you just would have been weak. You're mentally weak, like and and if you're deemed mentally weak, you're not able to perform. So players had to be quiet about that. I mean, I guess a word that would come to mind is headstrong. Yeah, quite literally. Literally that you had to kind of just era yeah. you came into. Yeah, I was I was lucky because my brother was like four years old that he played. So I was aware of what was coming and anyone that's played that physio room, that dressing room mm. can be toxic. If you're not really? have thick skin at certain times, everyone's going to hold something at certain really? times. So you kind of need to be aware that if it's your day in regards to the banter and all that stuff. Just make, wear it. Yeah, you're going to have to. You can't, you can't always be looking to complain. And there's obviously things that, come up and you're like, nah, that's too far, Shit, 100%, sure. but that's and that's anywhere. Yeah. But in regards to when it's your day, just just know that it's tomorrow it's going to be someone else. And that I'm not saying that's okay, yeah. but there's, there still has to be a resilience within you that, mm. that, can, no, understand, that. that can understand. I think that. there's, the, there's a, certain, a definite line. It's again, like friends, when you go to the pub and you're like having a chat, and banter gets going, and then you know when it's too far, and yeah, you go, yeah, right, yeah. well, hang on. When someone says a joke and no one's laughing. Yeah, like, and you're yeah, like, it's oh, too much. It's too like, anyone much. else need to go to the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> it's not too far. Right, I need to talk to you about the World Cup. Yeah. Because it's in Qatar. And that's like, um, obviously a massively contentious topic of discussion. And the first thing that we can talk about is how Qatar won the World Cup. And I say won in inverted commas, potentially. I mean, First, my first question about that is, do you think it was all above board? I don't know. I honestly don't know to, to, to have a, a valid opinion. Do I think it's been done any different to any other World Cup or selection processes? Probably not. Mm. So that's where I would judge it and say, mm. what have they done that others probably haven't? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at this World Cup as well and you just think they spent 200 billion and that's eye-watering. I think the biggest World Cup before that was about seven billion or something. That yeah, but they had zero. No, I know. So if in you, terms it, of I, infrastructure, I bet, I bet if you if you calculate what that them other nations had in place and what mm. it cost them, mm. I bet it's not far. Yeah, I mean another thing that we look at with Qatar and we we talk about the One Love armbands and we can talk about what Germany did as well and how FIFA stopped uh, the England team from wearing the armbands and it's all surrounding those human rights laws in in Qatar. Do you think it's right that these big organisations are allowed to put a foot down on freedom of speech? I think it's harsh that it always falls on the players. 
they have to then be the ones to show in the protest and then they're the ones that are getting judged when it's not allowed to happen. I think it could be a simpler process. Like if there's a, a topic of discussion, the World Cup starting in November the 1st, say. Everybody knew it was starting then. Well, everyone then should have up until September the 1st to document what you want to do to protest against that issue. And then it gives FIFA, the governing bodies, a chance to understand why. And then, then they can say, well, no, or yes, we kind of want or don't want that to happen. Where I just think it was so late in the day that FIFA was like, they hadn't, like, I think that was documented like six months ago, mm. they were going to wear the armband. Mm. And then the night before the game, yeah. you chose to say no. And you said you recommend it with a yellow card. I was like, how is that fair? So th there's, there's a way that that could have been handled a lot better from FIFA's side. It could have been f four weeks ago. No, we don't want you to do that. Well, we'll find another way to, to, to kind of make it awareness or draw awareness to it. So I just think there's always going to be something. It's always going to fall on the players, which I don't always think is fair. And I just think the process of how it's handled from both sides could be done differently. I mean, it's important to stand up for what you believe in. And even though it wasn't to do with the armbands or anything, you know, the German team still put their hands over their mouths to symbolise whatever they wanted to express. But that still got negative press. You know what I mean? It got positive press and then negative press as well. Yeah. Because you, who, you, you're never going to... We all have different opinions, so you're never going to keep everyone happy. Mm. And that's that, on any topic. Mm. You're never going to go to a stadium and make one gesture. Let's even with the kneeling, like... Mm. There was fans that weren't happy with that. For what reason? Like, but again, it was, whatever it was to them, it meant something different. So it's always going to be a case of where you're going you're gonna to upset someone. And I just, what I worry about is how then the counter protests happen. If, like, what, if you're not happy, if it's not hurting you, why does it matter? You know what I mean? If it's not affecting you, like Germany doing that, it wasn't hurting anyone. So why the negativity around it? Mm. I, I don't understand. That's what I don't understand. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I just, I just think when it comes to that freedom of expression thing, I just still can't get over the fact that ultimately it's just a game of football. I understand that actually yeah. then there's billions of pounds involved with it. And then, then it's, there's multiple organisations around the world and some of the biggest people in the world involved. But it's a game of football that is going to be watched by billions so they can highlight something that's so important, especially when it comes to the fact that homosexuality in this country is illegal. Mm. And I just don't know how an organisation is comfortable standing up so, for something not to be expressed. Purely, not yeah. even to say that they're defending it or fighting against it, but they're allowed to have an opinion. That's what yeah, the armband yeah, yeah. is. You know? Yeah, definitely. And that's what I'm saying. It, sh it should be allowed to, to voice their opinion mm. or their protest. And as I said, it's, I'm sure it probably would have had less... Um, probably less press if they was wearing them armbands mm. it just would have been that there wouldn't have been a topic of discussion about them not wearing it just would have been they wear their armbands so is it a negative thing that it's happened that it's drawn more attention to the topic I, I don't like the topic is whether or not they're wearing the armbands the topic is the human rights and, and the issues they have yeah. there but again it's there's issues everywhere yeah, like there's the states the next world cup is in what Mexico, Canada and USA there's some sure the states there that same-sex marriage is illegal. Mm. Do you think the scrutiny will be the same? No, of course it won't be. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's when it's convenient for whoever's making the decisions. Mm. 
I think people went into this World Cup wanting to pick holes in it regardless. Do you know what I mean? I, I think they do that with every World Cup. I think there's sure. more holes this World Cup. And again, this was given to Qatar, Qatar what, 10 years ago? And just now we're just finding the need to be so kind of vocal with the protests. Not, not us as in England, just everyone. I'm like, we knew 10 years ago this was happening. Yeah. Like, surely something could have been done within that time. Mm. Do you remember this being a topic five years ago? No, of course not. Like, why? Yeah. Then, again, it's, it's relevant now because it's happening, but in regards to preventing it from, from going ahead or making it a bigger um, issue, it could have been done prior to this to the players having to fall on their feet. Yeah, for sure. Should we kick off second half? Let's go. Right, is there a forfeit? If well, I you. score, yeah. Yeah, for me, yeah. A forfeit, I don't know. I, I didn't expect you to score, I don't need to it. I don't, need it. I don't yeah. even know how to tackle yet. Zero and square. Oh, I just keep changing player. Right, something I want to talk about with you is referees mm -hmm. and the culture towards referees. Because I'm going to bring up rugby again because the culture and respect towards referee and rugby, yeah. as you know, you've, you've seen it, it's that they treat them strictly and it's almost like you call them sir, you know? Mm -hmm. Why is there this culture of ref, like towards referees in football that's just involves rudeness and expletives and, and that kind of attitude? Is it because the referees in all the, the sport of rugby has, has always been the case from such a young age? Mm. So Okay, so maybe then my question is then, how can we change the culture towards a referee? If you say you swore at a referee in football, do you think that could be a yellow card? Or should be? Or is that... I, I, I don't swear though. So. No, 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 I'm not yeah, you. I know, yeah, do you know what I mean? mean but like so when you watch on TV and you go, and you this see, is a game for... Well, I know referees that are sort of players. Ah, back. right, okay. So, as it's in said, rugby as well, you get mic'd up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, again, I understand. Um, does that make it a better spectacle or more entertaining. I'd, do you only hear the referees in rugby when it's... No, it's on all the time. It's on all the time, but when... So you can hear them at any given time? Yeah. I, I don't know if that works in football. I don't, I don't, I don't think every everything is transferable. Sure. I think, no, I get that. I think that definitely could be worked on, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So like, you do agree that there's maybe something... Yeah, oh yeah. Wrong no, with that the way. But I suppose I, I guess I don't see the other side of it in the way that referees react to others. Yeah, yeah. No, not every, it's, not, it's not every referee and it's not every player. So yeah. that's, that's what it is. I, I think, I was having this discussion yesterday. Football is probably the only sport where what, one bad incident and it's every footballer. Yeah, sure. every Every footballer is the same. Mm. Like... You, even just then when your question was about uh, flashy, he was like, was it a competitive nature? But what, because of Mario, yeah, sure. deemed to have a, a nice car, but I'm sure there's rugby players with nice cars, but the perception of rugby players isn't, isn't yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, and I've got sure. rugby players as friends. I'm, I'm close with um, Hugo Monier and, yeah, yeah. and I know Danny Kerr. And I was, we was away one time and we was away in Vegas um, and we were having a conversation about what they was getting up to in Vegas. And we was like, what? Like, there's no way we could do that anywhere. Really? Like, and they were saying, yeah, we can just go on. What, go what out. happened? No, no, no. no. <laughs> it wasn't nothing like Got to try. horrendous, but it was just like, oh, 
That's if you okay. got seen doing that, no way. Like football the backlash would be. Oh yeah, we, we're tarnishing football if yeah. we're doing that. I mean, where they're just enjoying themselves, which they're right to, but footballers don't have mm. that same grace. So I guess it comes back down to that, you know, perception and pressure of the spotlight. Yeah. Because yeah. again, now I guess we've got to say that you know football is the biggest sport in the world. Yeah, and there's this expectation of you to be this role model twenty four seven. But when you look at Mario again, it's, he's twenty one. Is this kid here Phil Foden? Like yeah, right. He's come from he's from Stockport. How how can we expect him to have the answers to everything? Life he's going to throw at him at twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Footballing wise, he, he may have them answers, but he's a parent now. Is he? So yeah. Wow. Two kids, so he's navigating himself and having to do that. I I just don't get how we can just expect a that to be. Well, he can't make any mistakes. He's not allowed to mm. because he plays football. But if he was a 22-year-old boy that didn't play football, man that didn't play football, he'd be like, yeah, I understand that. I understand why he, he want to do that and, and want to want to find out what that looks like. So well, let's look back to you when you finished your playing career mm -hmm. and then you transitioned into coaching and everything else that you do now. What was it like changing that routine? Because you had spent years... Yeah. That was the hardest thing I'd, I'd done. Like, I underestimated how important the routine was, my routine. Do you think that routine was essential for your well-being? Yeah, I know it was. I, I, I wasn't aware of it at the time. Like, when I start playing and... So, I'd gone to school at five, left school at 15, gone to start to play football at 15, and then at 35, I'm retiring from, from playing. Mm. And you got to think, so for the 30 years, I've been told what time to be somewhere and what mm. I'm going to be doing. Yeah. 30 years. And the five years before, I don't really remember anyway. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was like, oh, now I've got my own time. So my family's life didn't really change. The kids had to go to school. My wife did her daily routine. And it was like, oh, I'm on my own. A lot more than I was kind of used to. So. Oh, uh, what are you doing? Oh, nice. <laughs> You'd think you're winning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in regards to, to being aware of that, that was really hard. That was probably the hardest moment, like, for me as an individual and a parent and a husband was just like, ooh. Did I, you have a woman? Have a, yeah. What did you, what did you experience? Uh, just different, a different emotion I hadn't felt and it was long lasting. I was wasn't depressed. Like, I wasn't depressed. Was it just like but I was aware that it was a real thing. No, it wasn't even empty. It was just like, what now? I'd, I'd, I'd achieved more than I'd set out to achieve. Mm. So it was like, well, what is there to do now? What, what is there to do? So when you were playing, did you ever have this thought process of what is next? Or did you always just, when you're in the moment and playing, you never really think about that? Yeah, I did, again, I didn't want to think about that. I didn't want to think about what was next because then it meant I wasn't going to be playing. Even yeah. though I knew it was happening, Yeah. I just thought, why focus on that? Well, I mean, it's amazing now because you left school, if I'm right in saying yeah. you didn't leave with any GCSEs. No, nothing. And you're now doing a master's degree. Yeah, I graduate. And on, you've done it. Oh, congrats. Yeah, I graduate. And on, how, how was that though? Because that must have been challenging for you, right? Horrendous. I'm dyslexic. So um, school, especially when I was at school, 
you only learnt one way, didn't you? You were kind of like... It was you, black and white, right? It was yeah, so... Yeah, you had to read. You had to read, and reading was the worst thing for me. Really? So, I don't uh, absorb information so that way. So, by that, you just hated school? I didn't hate school. I enjoyed school, because again, friends and stuff. Mm-hmm. But the way, like, you were taught, I hated that. And, like, I was with... It was called the, like, special teacher then. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there wasn't sure. any other way to learn other than mm. read. I'm thinking, well, I've struggled to read, though, so... What, what has to happen now? But obviously now with the learning tools you have, like the audio format to learn, there's so many different things and yeah. ways you can do it and visual. And I was like, Definitely. if these was at school, I would have enjoyed it way more. I would yeah. have learned a load more, but that wasn't the case. It was just like, this is the only way you can do it. Yeah. It's the only way it's done. And it was like, well, so was when you were growing up then, did you feel like the only option was football? Was that your kind of oh, way yeah. out or oh, yeah, the I way to you. save yourself? Was that the only job you foresaw? Oh, yeah. So, again, um, I don't know if you had it at your school. We had work experience. Yeah, of course. So, cause I don't think they do it now. I don't think it's done. So, you go to a workplace of where your career may, you may go have a career. Yeah. I went to play football. Wow. I went to Wolverhampton Wonders for two weeks, work experience. Good game. Good game. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I went there I'll for two weeks. Um, yeah. And then by the end of that time, so that was year 11, maybe? Yeah. Start of year 11. So by the end of that time, they wanted to sign me. Wow. So I knew at the end, at the end of that, I would have had at least three years. Yeah. It was two years um, YTS, it was called then. Yeah. And a one year pro. So for the next three years after school, I was going to be playing football. Yeah. So that kind of was so focused now it was like yeah i have to come and i always went to school and never not went or wagged what it was called then yeah, it was yeah. kind of like I, I was aware of as much as i didn't want to go there's going to be times in life you're going to have to do something you don't want to do mm. and i was just getting used to that so that's what i was using it for i was getting used to being on time someone's asked me to do something you try if you yeah. can't do it you can't do it but you try and then I knew that was going to help me because when I get to a, an environment which I love and I want to be at, it's going to be even easier. Yeah, so you're trained like, almost. There you go. You're going to train the mind. Yeah, yeah. And that's sure. what I was kind of preparing for without being aware at the time. But that was just a thought process. Even at 15, I was like, "Well, I know I need to be there, so mm. I might not enjoy it, but I know I need to do it." And then coming to football, I was like, "I want to be here. Yeah. I can be there earlier and stay later, kind of thing." So that was. So in terms was. of the future, then you've got your coaching. And you, you, I mean, you're, you're like a busy, busy person. What's the kind of your goal for the say the next five years? Oh, um, so again, plan-wise was retire, um, do a variety of things um, for what, five, six years, which I've been doing, enjoying. Again, people that I, I, I trust their opinions have said to me to do that. Say something called stick. You'll do something that you enjoy more than others and and that's kind of happened there's been things I've done which I've kind of filtered away from um but I also know I want to help a younger generation so in order to do that that's more of an admin role within the football and you need certain qualifications it's not just a coaching badge so I'm working towards them kind of things now so the next few years it's more qualifications so when I do apply for jobs the excuse isn't oh, you need to get that, you need to get that. It's kind of like, got it. got it. And I've played for 20 years, so the people that you're potentially employing before have, can't go back and get 20 years playing. We can all get the qualifications. And as I said, we can all 
learn the same things, but I, then I think my experience as a player will help me deliver them differently. Because if you if you relate it to coaching, like Pep would have been on the coaching course with how many other coaches? Yeah. Why aren't they the same? It's because the way he delivers them and the way he's as a person has allowed him to deliver what he's saying, his message and, and thought process and his experiences have helped him to do that. So that's kind of the way I'm thinking should help me. Hopefully. Man, that sounds exciting. And I think you've got, you've got a really calm demeanor. I think for a coach, that's nice. Because sometimes you see like, when I listen to some people talk about uh, Harry Redknapp and seeing yeah, Harry, yeah. how much he can blow, yeah. I'm like, yeah. that's it's hilarious. Funny. Yeah, but again, it's different though. I think this, I, I, in terms of my demeanor, I think it's, probably more relevant to this generation of players and youngsters. Mm. Again, I've, like my kids, I'm aware of how them, that I don't think this generation reacts to, mm. to shouting and screaming where mine did. There was mm. yeah. some players, that was fear. So you performed out of fear, which is again, isn't a bad thing. So it's just being aware of what drives individuals. And I think there's more individuals now that need an arm random, want an arm random. But if you genuinely want people to do well it allows you to then scream and shout and they don't hold it against you they don't take it personal it's like i know he cares but this moment needed this and yeah. required this so that's yeah. the goal and again you mentioned there as well i mean talk about bringing up the next generation as a father what's that experience like as a dad yeah oh, i love it yeah because again it's it's new it's new so i've got three kids um oldest is coming to 19 my youngest son was 15 the other day last week and then my daughter's nine, but because they're all so different, it's like I'm just learning something different yeah. all the time. So, and I bet, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing here. I assume they don't all just love football, and no, they, they like do. enjoy their own they, things. No, and you're well, like, that's awesome. Well, they do. They, they enjoy their different things. Yeah. But like my they, my boys play. Uh, my daughter wants to play. She plays netball, but she's probably the most active out of them all. She's probably the most athletic. Mm. Um, but again, I'm dad. I don't want to be their coach. Like mm. I would never risk that relationship with them. So if they want to make it and they they only want help, cool. I'll give it to them and I'll help them along the way. But like I just want them to be who they want to be, rather than me being here. Because again, I'll go to games and I see parents that probably mm. want it more than the kids want it. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and that was never the case for me. So I, again. My parents and my, and my brother never risked our relationship based on how far they think I could have gone. It was mm. like, well, if you don't want to do it, then just don't waste our time. And that's kind of me with the kids. It's like, if you don't want to go, it's fine. I just don't want to be going out the house three, four, five times a week. If you don't want to go, it's yeah. cold out there. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's probably why I don't want to coach as well, because it is cold. So I'm just like, let's not waste time. Yeah. And if we can if we can enjoy it along the way, then great. Right, my final question that I ask every guest is what does the word headstrong mean to you? In one word, I, w I just thought then it's probably um, resilient then, but now when I'm thinking about it, I would say aware, being very aware of what is needed at any given time. Um, it's, I think we associate the word strong with just being tough but I'll just say being aware because sometimes it's it's being the shoulder to cry on that is the strongest one you know what I mean it's not always a case of being the toughest man in the room just for me being aware no, I think you're headstrong for sure
Thank you. Mate, thank you so much. I've really thank enjoyed you. it. No problem, thank you. Top man. Yeah. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.